All right, ready? Oh, yes. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> One, two. The Tefl Commute. I forgot the season. <laughs> Brilliant. Hold on. What is it? Season three, episode. All right. Oh, three, two, one. Do you think the emergency signal will come in if we don't talk for a long while? All right. Ready? Go, go. Three, two, one. Do it. Hold on, damn, damn, sorry, wait, wait. Freshly back from Ayatafel, one of the biggest con- Blah, 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 blah. Worst intro ever. Forget it, I'm going to start again. Make it convoluted, is it gone? Yeah, okay, hold on a second. Let me just erase and start that again. Uh, let me just close other things that make noise. Thing will disturb me. Will it be the phone this time? Okay. Sorry. Pause. It's Did I hear someone's phone? I'm not going to stop ringing. Go on. Just... No, I'm, I, it's, it's, it's my... Yeah, I thought, that I was my stupid goddamn phone. I've turned off one thing. I've got to... I turn off all notifications and the goddamn... I'm going to I'm gonna start again. And I'm, I'm punishing the phone and the iPad to another room. James, is that okay? I think, I think our producer will hate us for that. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Very yeah. good. I think you, um, I mean, the content was great, but it was also really, like, slick. And now for something completely different. I, 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 I think that I well if um fair enough. Well, I'll say I'll. Well, since we've spotted if you wish. Okay, do it again. Well, what was wrong? You're a bit too kind of. It, it, yeah, it, it was a it, bit. It was a bit stilted, bit jarring, and a bit. A bit what? You, you could. I could hear that you were sort of. You know, like well, kind of making up as you go. Like, yeah, yeah. Just do it. If you do it again it. now, it'll be fine because you've All already right. done it. Uh, but we've, we've uh, I, I, yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm, uh, Lindsay, you're going to have to do a bit of heavy lifting here. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, and welcome to the Tefl Commute podcast, a podcast for language teachers, which isn't about language teaching, although the topic may invariably crop up. In case you're wondering who I am, well. My name is James Taylor, and I'm the third wheel in this uh, in this Tefl Commute team. And uh, for once, uh, Sean and Lindsay are, uh, are taking a break, and they've uh, decided to allow me out from behind the laptop. So here I am in front of the microphone for once. Uh, Sean and Lindsay, of course, uh, are enjoying a well-deserved uh, summer break. And uh, as you heard from our intro there, you know, you know presenting this podcast can be uh, somewhat tiring uh, and hard work for them um, and I know you're used to the slick professionalism that you associate with this podcast but uh, as you've heard from the uh, from the intro there uh, sometimes as the uh, producer of this show uh, well let's just say sometimes I have my work cut out for me uh, so what is this episode? Well, we've put this together for you as a little mini bonus episode while the guys are, are having their summer holidays. Uh, we thought we'd, we'd provide you with a little bit of uh, bonus material for you to enjoy while you're uh, ho hopefully having a, a relaxing and enjoyable summer. 
So in this episode, we've got various uh, uh, extra features of things that we weren't quite able to fit into the main podcast. So you'll hear from uh, various people uh, that we've uh, included or and that we had to cut short and a couple of things that we just couldn't quite fit in. So first up is a voice that will be very familiar to regular listeners of the show. Kerry Jones has been part of the podcast since the beginning. In fact, she was uh, part of our panel discussion on Dead Poet Society back in season one. Most recently, she was heard co-presenting episode four, Voice, with Sean. In this recording, she tells us about uh, an anecdote of something related to the alphabet. Um, this was the theme of our season three, episode two, and uh, Kerry uh, decided she, wanted, she just had to share this story with us, which unfortunately we couldn't quite fit in. It's uh, funny how something so seemingly innocent as the alphabet can lead to something so complex and end up being quite so daft, as Kerry explains in this story. I heard that the um, topic for this episode was the alphabet. Um, this little anecdote came to mind. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the acronym um, PARSNIPS, uh, which um, are a list of taboos that are generally um, accepted in uh, global English language teaching materials. They're, they're subjects that writers need to um, steer clear of. For, so, for example, P for politics, A for alcohol, R for religion, N, uh, hold on, pass, S, missed out the S, S for sex, N for narcotics, I for isms in general, racism, sexism, etc. Um, and the final P is for pork um, and, and pigs, which of course both start with P. And um, in this case, there was uh, some primary uh, material that was being adapted from a market where pigs and pork were completely acceptable to a market where they wouldn't be. And um, so there were some major um, changes that need to be made to the material. So, for example, the story of the three little pigs uh, would need to be replaced by Goldilocks and the three bears. Um, but otherwise, it was kind of decided that throughout the material, where there, where there was um, a reference to a pig, it would be possible to replace the pig with a goat. And, and this went as well for images. Um, so maybe in a, a vocabulary set on animals, instead of having a pig, you'd have a goat. Now, there was this one page um, where in the background there was an alphabet freeze on the wall. And, um, of course, there were this they'd been told that if there's an image of a pig, replace it with an image of a goat. And what happened was that you have the alphabet freeze, the typical alphabet freeze that you might find in a children's classroom. So A is for apple, B is for banana, and you get to P, and of course P wasn't for pineapple in the book, P was for pig. But in this new version of the materials, you had this kind of slight little twist where on this alphabet freeze, P is for goat. Back in Season 3, Episode 6, which was on the subject of conferences, we were joined by Gavin Dudney, who told us a great anecdote about someone who decided to leave a session early and accidentally walked into a cupboard. 
If you want to hear that anecdote, make sure you go back and check out that episode. Gavin's back again now with a couple more anecdotes that we didn't have quite enough time to fit into the episode. Over to you, Gavin. Um, another one that springs to mind, which I absolutely loved, was a, a, a friend of mine who was working in Barcelona at the time. And he went off to a set of events in Mexico. Um, and on this particular event, he had a had a fairly long lunch, and it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't an excessive lunch, but but um, something uh, in what he didn't agree with him. Um, anyway, he went back to the venue. He got ready for his session. Someone put a wireless uh, microphone on him, and uh, he was just out at the back of the the, the venue thinking about what he was going to do uh, when he suddenly felt slightly nauseous. Uh, and uh, just around the corner uh, of the building, he spotted one of those big metal bins, like a, a, an oil bin or something, uh, with rubbish in it. And he was lucky enough to be able to run over to that just in time, um, and at that moment uh, vomited rather copiously into this metallic bin around the side of the venue. Unfortunately for him, the wireless microphone was on and uh, everyone in the whole venue heard him vomiting into the bin. Um, the last one I can think of is uh, a very good friend and dear colleague of mine who uh, was uh, up on stage doing a plenary and she was wearing a, a woolen dress. She had a large um, star-shaped uh pendant um, hanging from a leather strap around her neck um, and at one point she uh, bent over to do something and uh, one of the the points of the star in the pendant caught in her dress and when she stood up again the front of her dress lifted up in front of the entire audience um, I think you know we all uh, we all have these things um, but they're uh, they're much funnier in the telling so there you go, some uh, wise words from Gavin and uh, conference presenters take note. Also from our conferences episode, uh, Lindsay had a quick chat with uh, Christina rabaffe Broadus, who has a particularly unique way of taking notes and uh, here she shares with Lindsay uh, how she likes to commit those uh, conference talks to memory. Christina, you have a a really interesting way of taking notes at uh, at conference talks. Um, we're going to share these on the uh, a couple of these on the website. But why don't you just tell our listeners what you do? Um, okay, so what I do it's uh, it's called sketch noting, uh, like it actually has a name, and it's um, you know in a nutshell it's basically visual note taking. Like instead of just writing down a whole page full of text, um, you're adding illustrations. You're using different. Um, styles of handwriting, like, like different fonts, uh, almost, um, adding uh, a lot of little visual decorations, even like sometimes it's not really a significant, it's not a drawing, it's just like stars or something to make it a little prettier, um, and instead of, you know, organizing your notes like, let's say chronologically on the page, um, it allows you to sort of do it in a more like nebulous way. Uh, and then, you know, to illustrate the connections between concepts and ideas sort of as they develop in the talk. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. So thanks to Christina. And the next time you're at a conference, perhaps you can try your own sketch notes. I always know that my notes from conferences are particularly bad. So uh, perhaps that's something I should consider trying. 
You know, it wouldn't be an episode of the TEFL Commute without a bit of Facebook wisdom. And I'm sure, like me, you very much enjoy listening to those wonderful dulcet tones of our Facebook wisdom guru, whoever that mystery man may be. But what you may not realize is that our guru hasn't always had such a wonderful, deep and meaningful voice. As you'll hear now, perhaps in the past, his voice wasn't quite so profound and affecting. I call my students my kids, because in our year together, they aren't just kids on my class list. They become part of my heart. So often you find that the students you're trying to inspire are the ones that end up inspiring you. Sean Jenkins. Ah, what could have been, what could have been. Now, loyal listeners to the show may recognise my voice because occasionally I pop up in an episode as the jargon buster while I attempt to explain and deal with various sort of linguistic difficulties and problems that uh, that particular subject may offer. For our punctuation episode, I wanted to talk about, well, believe it or not, my favourite punctuation mark. But unfortunately, we didn't really have time. So, here it is now. This is me talking about my favourite punctuation mark, the Interrobang. Over to, well, me. In our punctuation episode, Sean asked people for their favourite punctuation mark, and what he found interesting was that people really struggled to answer this question. Maybe you're thinking about this now, as you listen to me, and struggling yourself. I, however, do not have this problem. My favourite punctuation mark is as fixed in my mind as my favourite band and my favourite film. For me, there's only one choice, and that's the Interrobang. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this oddity of punctuation, think about this statement. Really? When we say this word in this way, what are we really saying? Firstly, we are asking a question, so a question mark is obviously necessary. But we're also expressing surprise or disbelief. And so an exclamation mark is also appropriate. Sometimes you'll see both of these following a word or statement, but there's a solution which is much more elegant. That's right, it's the interrobang. So what does it look like? Well, it's basically a combination of an exclamation mark with a question mark, as if they've both been typed in the same space. It was invented in 1962 by advertiser Martin K. Spector, who was looking for a punctuation mark suitable to express excitement and disbelief simultaneously. His intention was to add nuance and clarity to rhetorical questions. But what I really love about the Interrobang is its fantastic name with its delicious combination of hard and soft sounds. Derived from a combination of intero from interrogative, another name for the question mark, and bang, which is printer's jargon for the exclamation mark, it's surely another strong reason for bringing the symbol into popular use. However, sadly, Spectre's vision has never really taken off. 
just like so many invented words throughout history, it just hasn't really caught on. I'm not sure why, perhaps people just don't really see the need for an extra key on their keyboards. As for me, I would happily swap those strange parentheses or the forward slash for the Interrobang. And then maybe, like the at symbol or the hashtag, the Interrobang's time will come. So that brings this bonus mini episode of the TEFL Commute to an end. I hope it's enough to tide you over those summer months while you're waiting for us to come back, as we will with season four in the autumn, when Sean and Lindsay will be back and normal service will be resumed. So until then, have a great summer and we'll see you in the autumn. Don't go anywhere just yet. If you're a really, really loyal listener to the TEFL Commute, then you'll know that we like to put little Easter eggs at the end of episodes. And here's one that we couldn't use on our Alphabet episode. Taken from the YouTube channel Grade A Under A, it's a fantastic rant called Why the English Alphabet is Stupid. The whole thing is seven minutes long, but we included a, li a little clip of the narrator talking about one aspect of English that he found particularly infuriating. Well, here's another one. I hope you enjoy it. The letter X has to go as well. X just makes a X sound. Look at the end of the word box. But that's the sound that the letter K and S would make together. Why are so many letters trying to copy K and S?